Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So did USF make the right decision by firing Charlie Strong? And who are the Bulls most likely to hire? How close is Florida State to naming its new head coach? And has Jameis Winston turned a corner? Or have the Bucs made a decision already about his future? We've got all that and more to discuss with Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360 on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks. This podcast is more than two years old now, and you know what? We always love to get your feedback, so we'd like to know what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to hear more about, or which guests you enjoy the most. We'd love to have your opinion. So if you'll just drop us a note, you can reach us on Twitter at SportsDayTV, or you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. And thanks for listening. Hey, before we get to Chris, some breaking news as we do this podcast. Ron Rivera, the Carolina Panthers head coach, has been fired. Um, after uh, what this was his, I guess, his ninth season as the team's head coach. And uh, during that time, he was uh, 79-67-1 with four playoff appearances. Remember, they were in Super Bowl 50 uh, that they lost to the Denver Broncos. And, um, I, I know, you know, this is it, it's a surprise when it happens, I think, during the season. Um, but the Panthers uh, are 5-7 and seven now. Uh, they've lost their last four games. You know, there was a point where uh, they got off to a decent start, of course, and they were kind of rolling when they beat beat the Bucks in London. Um, it seems like a, a million years ago it was in October. Um, but, you know, they've had some injuries. I mean, you start with the fact that Cam Newton had to, had to leave. He's been out pretty much for the whole year, at least since the second week when the Bucks beat him up there on that Thursday night. They He's also been out a lot have, of the last two years, really. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, he has. You're right. They don't have Kwan Short, uh, Don Terry Poe are on the injury reserve list. And, um, you know, they just uh, they weren't able to, you know, to take advantage of the Saints when they were without Drew Brees as a lot of teams. And, and the other thing is, is that, you know, their their new owner, uh, David Tepper, is not the guy that hired him. You know, they had an ownership change and he had said a couple of weeks ago uh, that they weren't going to accept mediocrity. Well, now the Carolina Panthers, um, I believe, are in third place. I think the Bucks are ahead of them. Based on uh, division record, I believe. So. That's yeah, the same record, but based on division record. And uh, Tepper made a statement and just you know, was basically kind of cold or wishing the best, so to speak. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, they're going to go ahead and uh, uh, and let him go now. And Perry uh, Fuel will be the, uh, the interim head coach and then offensive coordinator Norv Turner uh, is going to be a special assistant to him. Yeah, Scott Turner is uh, going to take over the offensive coordinator. And Scott days. will be the offensive coordinator. So it's kind of a little bit of a, uh, a, a, a kind of a committee by approach. You know, it's um, it's always – I think Ron Turner is a really good coach, and uh, it, it's always unfortunate, but that's a long run in the NFL. You know, he's in his ninth season. Very few coaches coach that long. Um, in this division, you know, you've had a couple, of course, with Sean Payton, who's by far the best coach in this division. He's been there a long time won a Super Bowl in New Orleans, has been with Drew Brees now the whole time. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of a lot of 
really the success that Rivera had is because of Cam Newton, because he, he turned a corner. He got him as a rookie. They went through some growing pains. Um, certainly he won an awful lot of football games for him, running the ball, also throwing it, but, but you know, was a unique talent. They had good defenses for a while. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate. I was thinking uh, when I got to, when I heard this news, what is Gerald McCoy thinking right now? Right, we went to Carolina, hoping they would be a playoff team. Got off to a different decent start. You know, Rivera's his head coach, and now he has another situation where you know it's a losing record, and and their coach is fired, and um, so that's never where you want to be as a player or an organization. But I think Carolina is a strong organization. I I, I from what I've heard about this new owner, he's going to be very very good. So. Uh, you know, and, and I also think Ron Rivera is going to be a head coach again. I think there's a lot of respect for him. And he's not, you know, he's not an old guy. He's, he's still a young man and plenty to offer. So he might be one of those guys that a lot of teams will look at uh, to be their next head coach. But, uh, boy, you look at the NFC South, you know, you, you figure Dan Quinn's going to get fired, right? Um, the Bucks had a coaching change this year. So, you know, again, continuity is great only if you win. And uh, even though Rivera got them to a Super Bowl, um, four playoff appearances in nine years, not bad. Um, you know, but, but that was the end of the road. And, uh, and, again, you lose your quarterback, you think you might have it figured out and then just unable to sustain it. And, you know, that's that's the way it goes in the NFL. So um, I don't think that uh, Perry Fuel will be the, you know, a candidate. Um or, or Norv Turner, who's already been a head coach in three different spots. But uh, it's unfortunate because, it, you know, I think people forget, too, it means like the whole staff is looking for jobs. And that's what happens. When you fire a coach, there's still a month left in the season. I'm, I promise you all those assistants now won't be spending their time watching film. They're going to be spending their time trying to get new jobs. <laughs> and that's just that's just the reality, right? They're gonna Whether it's college or pro, they're going to be trying to align themselves with other head coaches and uh, – and so I don't think the Panthers will get better as a result of this. Well, the, the good but, thing for those coaches, though, is they get a head start on looking for those jobs, too. Well, they do They do, do that. That's that, that part is true, but it's not a good position to be in for the franchise. No. And, and I, think, I think that's why Carolina did it. You know, you can say this, too, about the Panthers. I mean, they, you know, they'll be able to talk to people now, you know, mm-hmm. especially college coaches. Like, there's this you – know, if you – don't fire, you know, the, the NFL season goes much longer than the college football season. And, and because of recruiting, it's really difficult to hire a college coach, to be honest with you. Um, you know, those guys are, are playing bowl games and they're recruiting and doing all this stuff. And the first sniff that a college guy is going to the NFL, it destroys his program. So Carolina, by firing Pan, you know, the Panthers uh, uh, coach, uh, Ron Rivera, will be able to, you know, obviously they have an opening and, and they can contact – at least through channels or however they want to do it, um, college coaches as well as as well as everybody in the NFL, and and you know you might have your your bet the best choice because right now we know it's the only head coaching job that's definitely going to be open. We can assume Atlanta and some others mm-hmm. might be, but we don't know for sure. You almost wonder if it's not, you know, they didn't. This timing wasn't to call Lincoln Riley, who Could you know be. a lot of people have linked to Dallas if Jerry mm-hmm. Jones decides to replace Jason Garrett. Right. That by doing this now, you can, you could overtly make those calls and be talking and have a deal done before the Cowboys season's over. Yeah, you know? and, and, I mean, and that's just that... pure speculation. I don't know that they're interested in him yeah. or Lincoln would even want to go to the well, pros. But but but, it, but if it's a he's the number one college target, I think you know of teams that uh, that would look into the college game for a 
for a head coach. And he's, you know, like you said, there's been reports about Dallas and and different things. So yeah, there's no reason to to suspect that they wouldn't have an interest in, or at least contacting Lincoln Riley, or let's say a Jim Harbaugh, or you know anybody else that. Um, from the college game that they may – Nick Saban, anybody else they may have entertained. Brian Kelly we know is interested in the pros. Definitely is. I think he definitely would would leave Notre Dame at this point. Um, Better to go on your own terms than to to have this happen. But um, always enjoyed Ron Rivera. Talked to him a lot for the last nine years on conference calls and the like. Uh, Again, I think he's a really good head coach. Um, But nine years is a long run. It's probably good for him. It'll probably ultimately be good for the Panthers, but they've got bigger problems too because they got to still figure out what they're going to do with Cam Newton, who's not a free agent. Um, but they can certainly uh, terminate his contract. Not a ton of guaranteed money, I don't think, and his health will be the number one thing there. And what the new head coach wants to do, and that's that's part of it too. You know, the sooner you can get a staff together. The other thing people got to realize is when you do hire a head coach, if you're first then you got your choice of the best assistants Mm -hmm. because there will be a number of hirings in the NFL um, and a number of firings. So, you know, usually anywhere between five and nine, you know, openings every year. Uh, And um, because of that, there's only so many position coaches that are good to go around. So you want the best ones. So the sooner you have a head coach, he can begin putting together that staff before um, other openings start to occur. So, you know, that's that's the upside. The downside is what we just said, that it's going to be hard to, to navigate these last four weeks with a, with a you know, a coaching staff that knows they're all out of, pretty much all out of, out of business. Um, so Ron Rivera is fired. And uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure over the next few days we'll be talking more about how that might, may or may not impact the Bucks. Of course, they don't have a game with Carolina anymore this, this year. They played there too, split them. Um, you know, week two Thursday night game, that dramatic win they had up there, and then, of course, getting uh, getting killed with the turnover games in London. But um, but it certainly affects the NFC South and um, just what will happen going forward. How about this, that uh, Bruce Arians, by the time the season is over, maybe the lo- the second longest tenured coach in the NFC South, this side <laughs> of Peyton, Sean Payton. So that will be something as well. All right, we're joined by the lovely, the talented uh, Chris Torello of Spectrum Sports 360. You see him on Spectrum Bay News 9. He's the man who uh, came up with the hashtag Make USF Great Again, and he joins us now. <laughs> uh, was that, was that yours, Chris? That. No, <laughs> no? But, I, but as someone who appreciates good political you know, theater, I was all in when I – you know who actually I saw it was – Quentin Flowers and a couple other former USF players. I started seeing the hashtag, and then fans started using it. So, so I decided to have fun with you. We're gonna build a stadium, and UCF's <laughs> gonna pay for it. So. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should. They should definitely do that. It'll probably be uh, be an erector set stadium, though, and and a little bouncy yeah. at that. But. Uh, um, <laughs> Listen, no no shortage of storylines. Let's start right there. Uh, you're so uh, close to the program, connected. You know you know a lot of people over there, and spent a lot of time uh, in the USF football offices. Um, look, first, let me get your thoughts about Charlie Strong and and the decision to uh, to 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 terminate him, move on from him. I shouldn't say terminate; it makes it sound like they killed him. He just actually fired him. Um, I I wasn't sure that they would number one have the money for the buyout, but I guess they've they managed to scrape that up. up. Um, and and two, you know, I never felt like he lost the locker room, um, but certainly 
when you lose 14 out of eight, your last 18, that's, that's not where they want to go. Well, I think, I think certainly the, the older guys, I think the act got a little wary of, you know, Hey, we got to get back on track. You know, we need to change the program. And, you know, he played that fiddle right down to the end. So um, I think the older guys who still had the Willie Taggart vibe to them, I think they, they kind of were like, okay, like we're moving on, you know, the guys who weren't brought in as transfers, but the younger guys certainly love him. And you saw that on Twitter. I mean, Charlie Strong is a very good man, you know, and I said that I had to do like five packages over the weekend. And one of them, I said, listen, he's a good coach. He's a better man, but that's not mm-hmm. about this anymore. This is about, can you win football games? And Michael Kelly was here for 11 wins and 14 losses. And that's not going to get it done. Uh, So Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, Michael Kelly didn't want to fire him. But I'll say this, Rick. I was there Friday night when Charlie Strong is sitting in front of the media in this cramped little closet that they call a media room for the away team. And Michael Kelly couldn't go to the back of the media room like we were at Ray J. He couldn't stand on the side like he could up at the Leroy Selman Center. He stood right next to all the cameras. And I watched him as Charlie Strong answered every question about, I know how to win. We need a culture change. And I think it just became too much like I've heard this before. You know, like I believed it last year when you said we need a culture change. I can't mm-hmm. have it again. You know, like we're, we're, we're getting to the – and I asked Charlie, I said, listen, SMU, Tulsa, Tulane are getting better. You know, you're not getting better. And I think that may have been a sticking point for Kelly where it's like we are going to lose in the American and we're going to lose a lot of, a lot of ground if Charlie's our head coach. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, Michael Kelly said something uh, about the American uh, Athletic Conference, which I thought was interesting um, on many levels. But, but he said, you know, we play big boy football uh, in the AAC. And, and that might speak to what you were just saying, that, you know, there's some pretty good football teams, very good in some cases, that are capable of beating Power 5 schools. We talked about Memphis and Cincinnati. Navy had a good year, SMU. You know, those programs, Tulane, are on the rise. Um, and maybe for the first time, you know, I don't know if Kelly is signaling this or not, but, you know, there's always been this sort of illusion, I guess, maybe among some USF fans that, you know, their team would be invited to a Power 5 conference. Maybe that's good. Maybe it wouldn't be good. But I think what Kelly was saying was like, look, you know, we got to compete here. This is where we play. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's sort of what he was talking about, that the football's fine. We just aren't competitive right now. Well, I mean, think about it. The road to the, whether it's the Peach Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, whatever New Year's Six Bowl, it goes through the American. I mean, give the committee some credit. They may not like any team outside the SEC or, you know, maybe the, the ACC if you're Clemson or the Big Ten if you're Ohio State. But at least they're consistent when it says, hey, listen, we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the Memphises, the Cincinnati's. If you're if you're the top team in the American, you're going to be sitting right there between 15 and 20 in our rankings. And that's going to be good enough to make you the highest of the group of five. And you're going to get yourself into that game and have a chance against a big power five team. So I think the goal is always New Year six. And I'll give UCF fans credit. I think they knew this year was not going to be as easy as the last two. And and they 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 obviously are upset they're not playing for a conference title, but they always knew the goal was could they just get to a conference championship because if you set yourself up for that weekend in December, then maybe some great things can happen. And USF hasn't even played in a conference title game. So I think USF needs to kind of reevaluate where things go uh, as, as they move forward, and they're going to need to hire a coach quickly. 
How much of it was uh, was talent or, or the lack thereof? I mean, I know Charlie, you know, when he inherited the program from Willie Taggart, made a lot of changes. They had some problems with some of the some of the players that, that Willie had on there. I think he tried to clean that up. I think he tried to find better people. But did he find better football players? Well, K.J. Sales is absolutely a terrific football player. I mean, this is an East Bay kid who went to North Carolina and can, and can thump with the best of them in the secondary. Devin Studd still played at Notre Dame and – you know, he's played in so many big rivalry games. And he actually spoke about the fact that you have, um, you know, you know, Charlie Strong's name is still very good in South Florida, the actual South Florida where Miami is. So I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's kind of a, a big deal, you know. But here's the thing with Willie. Willie wouldn't recruit this area very well. And a lot of local Bay Area coaches didn't like Willie. They loved Charlie. They wished he came around a little bit more. Um, but I think Charlie, just like Willie, his coaches knew how to recruit the Jacksonvilles, the Miamis, you know, uh, they, so they knew how to get around the state. They knew how to get guys from Georgia. That was one thing Kerwin Bell was trying to do. So I don't think it was lack of talent. I think execution, um, I think game planning and, and really, I think mentally they just, if they got down in a game, it was like, okay, well, here we go. You know, like you might as well just pack your stuff up. So uh, I just think it was just a big culmination of things. All right, so let's let's talk about where, where they may look next, okay? And, and, and I don't know if there's a, a big, you know, a quick timetable or a slow timetable. You know, obviously you want somebody in here before the recruiting period begins in a, in a couple of weeks at the very minimum and before you start losing maybe oh. some guys that were considering it. But – you know, every time this something like this happens, um, the the people <clears throat> who are sort of into nostalgia go go back in time, right? They say, "Hey, what yeah. about Willie Taggart?" I'm sure he. You know, I read a report from Joy Knight. He would like like to come back to USF and and take yeah. his old job again. What about Jim Levitt? Has he been rehabilitated enough throughout his college career and the stops he's made? He started that program. No one's more passionate about USF. Address that notion first. Uh, I think Jim Levitt would be very tough. I think it was uh, Joey Knight who reported the whole thing when he got the settlement back in the day. It was there was a whole thing of like he can't really apply for a job at USF. Like he technically could, but USF could just look at it and say, "Yeah, we're going to throw yours right in the, your resume in the trash." So I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's Jim Levitt. Um, Willie Taggart and, and I can con- certainly confirm what others, you know, not just Joey, Bruce Feldman, others. Um, you know, I heard from some somebody that there's some high level donors that are in love with the idea of it. And they just love Willie. They love his swag. Here's the thing. Swag don't win championships. You got to actually perform. And Willie would always lose that game at Temple or he would lose, you know, when it mattered most. So I, I still haven't seen Willie Taggart win a big game. Um, you know, when he does, it'll be his first. So I think, um, you know, I think. Uh, people forget he was one in three and on the doorstep of being fired if he doesn't beat Syracuse. So um, I wouldn't go back to Willie Taggart. This is a guy who coached three teams in less than one calendar year. And, mm-hmm. and I just, what would I, I would need a, I, first off, I wouldn't pay him more than a hundred grand a year. And the buyout would be $10 million regardless. He could leave. They could fight. I don't care. Like there, I just, it would be very, it'd be like UConn going back to the big East. I better have some ironclad assertions. You're not leaving for a football conference again. Although his son is a three-star quarterback, so there's that. Um, let's oh, yeah. let's talk about then if not if not Willie Taggart or Jim Levitt. Um, just before we get into names, maybe I, I mean I think look John Romano wrote about this, and I tend to agree with him. See what you think, Chris? Is that you know do you hire a coach on his way down 
from a Power 5 conference or a guy who's on his way up? Oh, you hire a guy on his way up. I would I would rather be the be the be the athletic director who says, "You know what? I need my Scott Frost. I need my Josh Heupel. I need my Mike Norvell. I need my Luke Fickle." You know, that's yes. what the American does. Listen, it's okay if you're a doorstep. Here's the thing. Mike Norvell is in a tough position because if FSU comes calling, yes, he may leave, but what about or Arkansas whoever, but what about the fact that Memphis has funding? Once you start winning, Ticket sales yeah. go up. More more merchandise gets sold. They have the money to try and hang on to these guys now. So mm-hmm. it's not as easy to just jump for greener pastures. So you put yourself in a position where if you get one of those visionaries, you can almost you know set yourself up to say, hey, listen, we live in Tampa. It's a beautiful place. There's no income tax. You can win here. You can recruit here. Josh Heupel, after one year, signed a big contract extension at UCF, and that might scare away some bigger programs. Right. No, I, I would agree with you. And I like I like the fact that, you know, and, and maybe it's human nature. I mean, look, I, I don't think Charlie worked, you know, any less than he did at, say, Texas or, um, no. you know, or even Louisville. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, if, if you're hungry to, to, to yeah. develop as a head coach, your program's going to be hungry, too. Right. I mean, there's something too. you're not settling right for that job, that interim yeah. job before you can get back to a power five school. I know you and I, I know we're sports guys, but I'm sure you've seen all the president's men. And there's a great line where he says, Howard. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. They're hungry. Remember when you were hungry? That's exactly mm-hmm. what you want. You don't you don't need the grizzled veteran who sits there and says, listen, kid, I know how it's been done. You want the mm-hmm. young guys who are willing to burn the midnight oil. Charlie's going to be 60 years old in August, and he's headed up, and they would have been heading to Texas for another thumping. So I think you you want those that young coach, or at least younger coach, that I think has the energy because you can't just be a coach when you're in the American. You have to go to every donor you have to go to every recruit. You have to be involved. You have to be knocking on every door. I just think Charlie got – I don't think Charlie wanted to do that. And that's not his fault. He's been in this so long, you know. But uh, they need a younger kind of, you know, fresh face. The energy has to be raised, especially when you're trying to build an IPF. All right. So, uh, IPF, why don't you <laughs> – wait a minute. <laughs> go ahead and identify that acronym, will you? Oh, uh, that would be the indoor practice facility. Ah, okay, got it. Um, the IPF. Well, the IPF and uh, IPO or whatever you're drinking um, would be uh, that uh, they do have to hire a coach. So give me the Chris Torello names. Give me what are you hearing? You said somewhat cryptically on Twitter, and you're a great follow, by the way, um, uh, that the names you're hearing, right, um, yeah. in your head, because you, you do hear voices. We know, we know that. The names yes, you're I- hearing – um, are going to make USF fans happy. So, so Digame, tell me, tell me some of those. 
Well, I for, I think just having a guy like Gene Jizik want to try and get interviewed for this job should make fans know that at least, hey, there are some of those coaches with reputations that do like the they do like USF. They do like Michael Kelly. Uh, I wouldn't hire Gene Chizik. Uh, that'd be going the Charlie Strong route. But at least mm-hmm. you have a name like that saying, hey, I, I want to knock yeah. on some doors. Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, the younger guys, the guys that I'm, I'm hearing could at least be in play are guys like Larry Scott, for who's a top coach in Florida. He was the interim at Miami. He's been at Tennessee, um, was at USF as an assistant, was on the original team. Um, I think he would recruit this area, this state, very nicely. Um, I think both coordinators at Clemson are going to take a hard look if Michael Kelly comes calling. And remember, Michael Kelly's got ties to the ACC. So I think both of those are in play. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a couple other names on the coordinator level. And I think it was, I can't remember. I think Georgia has a guy they're interested. So there's, there's a couple of offensive coordinators and, and I think they're going in the right direction. If that's, if they do go that way, you know, I, I, I certainly love the Jeff Scott, uh, name attached. Uh, he's one of the co-offensive coordinators at Clemson. He recruits the Florida Gulf coast. I mean, you're talking about some of the best receivers they've had who have come from this area and kind of down in the Fort Myers area, why not bring a guy like him in? You know, I mean, these, there are some opportunities with coordinators if they can be lured away from these power five jobs to come and run their own program and bring some of their own fresh blood. So I like those names. And, you know, I saw someone mentioning Randy Shannon at UCF, get the hell out of here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want those names. I want fresh blood. And from what I'm hearing, I think Michael Kelly wants somebody like John Romano. I did read his article. He wants a visionary and you need that. You need someone who sees the big picture. And I think the younger, the more vibrant, that's what you're going to get. Randy Shanahan. That must've been Dan Cilio that was prompting that. I'm not, I'm not really, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. Hey, I got one for you. This is my selfless. How about Blake Anderson, the head coach of Arkansas state? Come on, man. Oh, of course. Well, I mean, you know, if we don't mention him, you know, another name is Billy Napier from Louisiana. I mean, they're ten and two this year, the Raging Cajuns. So, I mean, there's, there you, uh, you know, I, I, you know, you, you got to mention the names. You're not the Raging Cajuns. So, I think, um, <laughs> you know, but, but, um, I think, I, I think those are the types you want. Those names, you want those guys who, who have the energy in the locker room, who have the energy on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, I remember Chad Morris left Clemson to go to SMU. So. I think it's very yeah. possible that, you know, that's the way they go. So you're okay if a guy's not been a head coach, if he's a coordinator at a major program, you, you think he can get it done, right? Well, I, I, I think it's been proven. I think as long as you're around great coaching and as long yeah. as you know how a, how a system – I mean, if you're around Dan Sweeney, you know how to run a program. So, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the way I look at it. So, yeah, I mean, Luke Fickle was under Urban Meyer and – you know, yeah. certainly knows how, how things work at Ohio State. So, yeah, I think you'll be fine. Okay, so there's another vacancy that uh, I think they'd probably want to close sooner than later, and that's Florida State. Um, look, a lot of the same – maybe some of the same names may, may apply, but I would think that they're looking at current head coaches probably from, you know, maybe bigger conferences. Who do you yeah. think would be a fit there? Who do you, where do you think they're, they're maybe aiming? Are they aiming real high there? Well, I mean, it's, I think Florida State's always going to aim high. It's just a matter of now you got to siphon through the rumors. Um, you know, I, you know, part of me still, I mean, I guess I, I've been, somebody told me yesterday, PJ Flex name is back in the conversation. I said, wait a minute, he just signed an extension. So 
You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at Greg, look at Greg Schiano, though. I mean, he turned down a deal with Rutgers and now boom, he's going to Rutgers. So I think, um, you know, if I'm, I, I would I would think that they, they're going to do everything they can to go after the James Franklins of the world. They're going to try to see what they're going to knock on some doors with the P.J. Flex and, you know, maybe Matt Campbell at Iowa State. I mean, you know, luckily these are guys that aren't playing this week, so you would think things are going to get done fast. Um, I, I still hold out. Maybe a Mike Norvell gets taken from Memphis. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to – I do know this. I know the president and the AD are kind of like they're backing off. Like they are not allowing boosters to hear anything. They are they're kind of radio silence. Like they want to find their guy and they're just going to present them when they're ready. And what's funny mm-hmm. is is like Josh Newbert, twenty four seven Sports. He goes by the stadium up there and is like, okay, it's painted. They're testing out the big the jumbotron. So I think I think some of the the better in the know two twenty four seven guys and Knowles reporters. I think they're sensing something's going to happen here. Well, they did. They did interview Franklin, right? That's been confirmed, correct? I, I think. I think they did. Yeah. I mean, listen, Franklin's representation is doing two jobs right now. They're they're leveraging Penn State against a hometown Pennsylvania kid, and um, you know, if James Franklin really wants to leave, you know, I think Pencil. I think Penn State's going to make it really tough for him to leave. So, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. I mean, listen, Florida State's a great job, but. I think Penn State's a better job, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Franklin left there, but maybe he feels like he's never going to get over the hump with Ohio State. I mean, there is, there probably is a longing for the ACC where it's Clemson and then, you know, everybody else. So uh, not, yeah. that, not that Clemson's an easy get because all they do is go undefeated every year. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's switch it up a little bit, and uh, we can talk about some uh, some NFL football, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won three of their last four, Chris. They're on fire then, Fuego, beating oh, teams boy. like the Cardinals and the Falcons and the Jaguars. <laughs> um, maybe not the best of NFL teams, but wins are wins, right, at this point. Okay, so what are you seeing? Let's, let's start first and foremost with Jameis Winston, okay? Has this guy, do you think he's turned a corner here? Well, you just mentioned the teams. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we, we both know Jameis, when there's not true competition breathing down his neck, he, he always feels more confident. Uh, so I think, you know, when the competition isn't where it should be, I think, yeah, he's going to play well. But listen, let's give him credit. I think he's he's finding a groove. And when you're starting to kind of figure things out, it's, it's nice to see. But I, I think I said this last time I was on with you. He gets to this point right about Thanksgiving every year where he turns it on. And it's like, oh, here we go. So, you know, it's like, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's. But at the same time, I don't want to take away joy from, you know, from the, uh, from the Bucks fans. I think it's a nice run they're on. Call me crazy. I think they can win it. They can keep winning. I think, you know, I, I, I think they can honestly get themselves back to seven and seven. I mean, who knows? So the defense, though, is starting to really show something, too. And that's what Bruce Sarians has always been saying. If Jameis doesn't have to play from 20 down, he's not going to make all these mistakes. And I think that's true with every quarterback, but especially with Jameis, when he can just mentally be focused on his job and not worrying about if we don't score here, the defense is going to screw it up. I think that's a positive. So when you have some defense and some confidence going in that secondary, things are going to be okay. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that the defense has sort of been the story at least these last two weeks, and some of those guys, you know, are, are developing. I guess the the question I get all the time, Chris, and I don't know really what you think, but 
I'm going to ask you, if, if you, I mean, look, he's been here four and a half plus years, right? We're down to the last quarter of his fifth season, all right? Four games remaining. I'm one that believes that every opportunity matters, okay, in the NFL uh, to, yeah. to leave an impression of some kind. But do you think the Bucks know, right? Have they made a decision in their minds, do you think, about what 2020 will be with or without Jameis Winston? Because we know that they can apply the franchise tag to him, which would – really essentially prevent him from testing free agency might be the only way mm-hmm. you prevent him from doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Are the four games going to tell them more than they know now? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, it, I mean, you know, I mean, we do know, I mean, I, I know there are some uh, NFL owners who are very, who will be persuaded by uh, some fan support. I know my friend who's a New York Jets fan has had that happen. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how much the Glazers listen. You would know that better than me, but I think if, if they go on a run here and, you know, somehow miracles happen, they end nine and seven and Jameis looks like an MVP over the final month. I'm sure the bucks will sway towards hey, let's, let's do what we can to keep him. But I think, you know, who, what you have, you have a guy who can, who can be really talented. He's going to go over what 4,000 yards for the third time in his career. Um, listen, I think I've said this. I would not apply the franchise tag. I would let him test. And because, listen, if someone really wants to overpay for this guy, let him overpay. It's better someone else gets, you know, roped up for 40-plus guaranteed or whatever. But I wouldn't do it. I would give him a three-year deal where just next year's money's guaranteed, but the base is low with bonuses and whatever else you can do. But I, I would just make it so next year's guaranteed after that. It's all just if we want you here, you're here under a contract that is sizable for us. You know, I, I just at this point, I mean, it, I, I don't see a plus to the franchise tag, um, you know, other than some little perks if he were to leave. Yeah, and, and I'm one that believes that, you know, watching Kirk Cousins last night and remembering that he, you know, uh, got $90 million guaranteed for three years, there's going to be a team, I promise you, one team, even with – Eli yeah. Manning and Phillip Rivers and maybe Cam Newton available. There will be a team because of his pedigree as a, as a number one overall pick, because he's only 25 years old, he will get at least what Kirk Cousins got. I truly – I really believe that. I think that, that some team out there will be willing to guarantee him close to $90 million. Oh, okay, then. Bye-bye. Good, goodbye. Like, thank really? you. Really? Thank you. So where do you go? Where do you go your, next? Where's your thank, next thank quarterback you coming service. from? Okay, I, I Ariana think, Grande. Thank you. Next, where where where's yeah. your, where are you going? Big U, yeah. I would. I I just I refuse to let this guy control my financial future. Uh, I I think I would go towards maybe signing a veteran, like you mentioned, one of those names, perhaps. But then you go into the draft and you find a guy. And I look at some of those names you mentioned. Hell, I don't think one season with them you could be much worse than you've been with Jameis. So that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion. And, I mean, yeah, I think Bruce Arians likes Jameis. I know Jason Light likes him. Maybe those two having their contracts aligned means Jameis is going to be here with them. But I just I, – I would – if I were a Bucks fan and I saw a number that you just said where they're like it's all this money is being guaranteed to Jameis, I would faint as a Bucks fan. I like Jameis. He's, I, I love what he does when he's, when he's winning. But it, I just – there's – in the words of our friend Ira Kaufman, he could go rogue at any minute. So I just there's things that can happen, and I just don't know if I want to trust him with ninety million dollars. All right, then if you're not going to use the franchise tag on him, what about Shaq Barrett? 
Oh, absolutely. Do it tomorrow. Can you do it tomorrow? Probably not, but do it tomorrow. So, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, listen, they need defense. They need talent on that side of the ball. I think they have enough talent around the quarterback right now. They need Shaq Barrett. I would love to see them try and – I don't know if Sue wants to be here next year, but I like what he and Vita Vea have done. Um, I like – you know, I love – I think Shaq – heck, I know JPP's contract was realigned, so he's a free agent, but, heck, try and see what he's up to. You know, I mean, I I just – I think the defensive line is starting to find its groove and, you know, the Nassibs of the world, all of them, I mean, they're, they're kind of clicking, you know, I think, you know, it does take some time, but I just, I would be more happy spending the money where it counts. And that's on the defensive line. Heck, if there's an offensive line free agent, you want to go get, or, uh, you know, want to kind of rework things you're winning in the trenches. If you can pressure the quarterback and protect the quarterback, you know, whoever throws the ball is going to do a good job throwing the ball. All right, a team that has not been winning, at least consistently, are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Chris, how concerned are you uh, at this point? What, are, what What is going on with the Lightning? How close are they to putting it together, do you think? Um, you know, I think I had said, you know, I'm never nervous until the new year. So, um, you know, I think yeah. this team, they when they lost to St. Louis, I remember John Cooper was like, yeah, we're, we're playing some good hockey, though. So, you know, I think this team is, is still kind of skating to – I feel like they're – I hate to bring it up because they haven't won any titles, but it's almost like the New England Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick loves to tinker with that defense the first month and a half. So if they lose yeah. a couple games, who gives a damn? Um, I think I think the Lightning are kind of still putting things together, maybe some lines. And I, I just – call me crazy. They're going to go on one of those runs where they, they win a bunch of games and we're all like, oh, see, there was nothing to worry about here. You know, they still have one of the best goaltenders in the world. They've still got some of the best – hockey players in the world and I think when they're on their a game it's it's very tough to beat them so uh you know I think for them it's it's just kind of just just going out there and playing I think they're still trying to think and you know be very thoughtful about how they're going to win and I think once they kind of let it become part of their game plan going forward I think they'll be fine our friend Tom Jones thinks it's still a Stanley Cup playoff hangover degree or disagree um I I think I think we talk about it more than they probably do, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I think they're they're out to prove something. But I think at the same time, they're also kind of like, I think they've realized we don't need to be the number one seed to win the cup, and you don't have to be this all powerful record breaking team to win as many games as it takes between the middle of April and the middle of June. So yeah, you know that's that's my personal. Just get in and see what happens. They're good enough to beat Boston. They're good enough to beat all these other teams. You know, that just to me, it's a matter of who you run into. But I think if they're playing good hockey and they can kind of not be worrying about individual records towards the end, if they're more worried about, you know, hey, we got to position ourselves, I think that's more important to this team. All right, we'll get you out on this. Uh, The Tampa Bay Rays, the winter meetings are beginning in San Diego here shortly. Um, Travis Darno is left as a free agent to the Mets. They re-signed Mike Zanino. You like that move? And and, uh, what do you make of the Rays? What what do you think they'll be shopping for? I mean, catching obviously now becomes a little bit of a priority, right? Yeah, I mean – well, I mean, Travis Darno. I think I, I, who was I talking? I was talking to my buddy Mike Cairns about this. It's like I would have loved to have kept Darno. I thought he found something here in Tampa, but I understand. You know, sixteen million dollars is a lot of money yeah. for the Rays. So, um, you know, I mean, Mike Zanino. You're hoping for a bounce back year. It probably couldn't have gone any worse for him in 2019. 
Uh, he's True. a pretty good defensive catcher when he's on his game, and I think he can have some pop in the bat. We'll we'll see what happens though. You know, um, they're they're good. Listen, the one thing about the Rays is they are going to do what they can to find the guys you don't expect them to get in terms of bargains, in terms of ability. You look at the O'Grady, you know, when they got the O'Grady kid, um, you know, Aguilar is going to the Marlins now. So, you know, they, they, they always do this. They always find the guys you don't expect. And then you look at their numbers and you look at the way they are and you go, Oh wow, this is going to be good. They've got a pretty decent team. I still think there is a chance. One of their bigger names goes in a trade if it brings back some really good cost-effective talent um, and it clears a little bit off the books, we'll see if it happens. Um, but I, I, I think Eric Neander knows what he's doing. He doesn't have Heim Bloom with him anymore, but I think Neander is going to be very aggressive, at least in setting up deals. He's been aggressive in the past with guys like Chris Archer and didn't pull the trigger and then finally had to. So we'll see what he does, but I, I definitely think they're going to be interested on some of the names that they have on their roster, especially if it can clear some cap, uh, clear some space. All right, Mike Francesa, give me your reaction to the Jets losing to the Bengals. Oh, not as bad as the Giants who haven't won since Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, good God. I mean, let me tell you something though. Okay. Is it Rick? It's Rick, right? Okay. No, the problem is, <laughs> yes. like, is that, you, know, is that you, you get to a point where you look at this team. Okay. And the real owner is like he's a he's what an ambassador in, the, in England, and that's like Cheerio, whatever. <laughs> Cheers, whatever. And you got a guy like Pat Shermer who's running the Giants, and the Giants stink. I mean, my, I mean, uh, let's put it this way. Let's, uh, listen, listen. Let me put it this way. Okay, let me put this way. The Mets have more wins since they won in bu- the box than the Giants. Okay, that's a problem. Okay, that's a problem. I'm sorry. So uh, listen, I listen, uh, I think they're gonna fire, fire everybody, and move on. My God, oh, the Jets though, <laughs> eh, whatever, you know, no one cares. I saw a joke on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, by the way. I'm verified. And the guy said, he goes, you know, the Patriots, the Patriots own two private planes. And a guy goes, three if you count the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> He's Chris Torello, and sometimes Mike Francesa from Spectrum Sports 360 on Spectrum Bay News 9, and you have to watch him. He's a must-follow on Twitter and a real talented guy. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Always great to catch up with Chris. Big weekend, as we mentioned, in college football. It's championship weekend. We'll also update the coaching searches at Florida State and USF with Matt Baker, the college football writer of the Tampa Bay Times, on tomorrow's podcast. And the Bucks begin preparations for their game Against the Indianapolis Colts, a chance to win their third game in a row. We'll talk to Bruce Arians and the guys about that. And remember, folks, we're here every Monday through Friday, and we always appreciate you guys listening. We'd love to have your feedback. You can always contact us on Twitter at Sports Day Tampa Bay. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Our email address, uh, you can reach me at rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 
at Vesco Distributors, Inc.